Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. All right, here we go. Season three, episode three of the Kevin and Philip Project. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys listening to us. I actually, Phil, I got to be the program at Ambucks on Friday because oh, our program yeah. didn't show up. And, or she showed up late, I should say. So, uh, got to tell everybody at Ambux about the podcast and explain to them how to listen to a podcast. That's the hard part, right? Having <laughs> yeah. to figure out how to do it. Yeah. We got it. I think we got it all licked, though. I think we got it all figured out. So, well, how's the last two weeks been for you? Any, any big changes or no changes? Excitement? Nobody's sick. We did have our home, fo- first home football game this week for Salina Central and, uh, Unfortunately, they lost, but the uh, band and the vets look great. <laughs> so, if there's if you can account for that, <laughs> then uh, that's the only victory we got out of the deal. Um, so, it makes Salina Central one and one on their revenge tour. They're calling it. Why are they calling it a revenge? Uh, they got tour. beat by everybody last year. Oh, Let's hope we don't gotcha. have to have the revenge tour again next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Salina South is zero and two. I didn't go. I haven't seen them either game, but. Uh, I don't think either one's been close. So you know, this time last year we were wearing masks at the football game, and it was absolutely miserable. And I always I thought it was ridiculous then, but just getting to go to a football game not wearing a mask, the crowd was great, pretty big crowd. The uh, Eisenhower didn't bring very many people, but the Salina side was yeah pretty much full. Um, so I think even fans themselves are probably just excited to get back out to high school football, college football, everything else. Yep. Now speaking of football. Uh, we just uh, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. So yesterday was week two of the college football season. Uh, didn't didn't go so well for uh, my Wildcats yesterday. But a win's a win. They got a win. I'm not worried about the win from yesterday. I'm worried about the future. So yeah. two weeks ago when we had our football preview, I said there's a couple spots where we can't afford to have an injury, and. Uh, we had one in in a number one spot right there that I said we couldn't afford it. So we will see if uh, our backup quarterback is really the most improved player on the team, like they said. Well, how injured was he? No idea yet. They, they, don't, I mean, they, don't, they, they keep it pretty hush hush. You know, that's a funny thing about college coaches now. There's some that are open, some that aren't. But you take like Lincoln Riley to Oklahoma, he will never tell you anything about a guy's injury, sickness. The media just makes up whatever they want to <laughs> yep. imagine that it is. Right. Maybe they hear rumors around the school or whatever. Like last week's uh, Stoops and and a kid named Woods didn't play at all, and um, the the media speculated that it was COVID, but right. nobody knows. Uh, and I'm sure that's what they'll do with with your quarterback. He's well, I'm I'm sure. Well, I think we'll find out in the next day or two. It uh, it was a non-contact injury. He was running and actually trying to throw a block, I believe, uh, when it happened. I, I did not watch the game. Like I saw a replay. I, if I was guessing based on what I saw and how I saw him pull up, yeah. I would guess Achilles. But um, oh, either way, non-contact injuries like that tend to not be good. So, so in yesterday's 
games, week two college football, what was the most surprising thing to you? Uh, that's a wonderful question. I mean, obviously the Oregon win was 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 big interesting um, on the road. That's yep. what made it tough. Yep. Um, you know, honestly, I was surprised at how bad overall the Big Twelve looked yep. compared to Week One. I mean, you had I watched part of the TCU Cal game and TCU, no, excuse me, TCU looked like horse poop. Um, obviously Oklahoma State. Uh, Hey, they scare their lives. Tulsa so loved to win. Tulsa had every chance to win that football yeah. game. Yep, you you skate along and barely pull that one out. And Texas Tech was a big favorite over Stephen F. Austin. Barely pulled yep. that game out. Obviously, K State uh, barely pulled out uh, their win. Obviously, quarterback changes things a little bit. But and uh, let me tell you one: we do little. Me and, and Kevin do picks. And uh, I know and you're going my, Texas, Arkansas. One of my picks was Texas. I said, "Hey, I thought I thought Texas looked great last week." Um, Arkansas is not that good. No, I hate to say that to an Arkansas fan like Paul, but there's no way that they should dominate Texas the way no. they dominated them because it, it wasn't just on offense. They score 40 points and rush for over 300 yards, but their defense just shoved it yep. in in Texas's face. So. That's got to be worrisome for Texas, you would think. I, I, I picked Iowa to beat uh, Iowa State. I was surprised at how easy it seemed for yep. Iowa after the initial first few minutes of the game. I mean, that I, I never felt like Iowa State was even in that ball game. So that was an interesting one to me. Yep. Uh, and I'll tell you another surprise from the K-State side. Um, I didn't watch any of the game. I saw some highlights and, and kind of read through some stuff. But Stanford acts just manhandled. I know USC. USC and USC a ranked team. That's that yeah. was a shocker. So I mean, it, it makes you think. You know, as I sit back and think, and and I feel terrible for Skyler and hope that the injury is not bad. I hope that wasn't the last time we see him right. in a purple uniform. But uh, man, you think you know we handled Stanford pretty easily, who went out and just beat the crap out of UFC, USC, not UFC. Wow. And then and, here you come up and with then an you've got the yep. Oklahoma State's not looking as good as we thought. Who knows with Texas Tech. TCU's not looking as good. I know it's week two, but you got, you know, Iowa State, obviously, I mean, I got to think the wind kind of went out of their, their sails a little bit after well, the loss to be. Iowa. Well, that's got to be. What's the last time they played Iowa? They just do not have a good record against no, Iowa all time. No, last Terrible. year, if I remember right, was it last year? I think there was a play at the end, a turnover, some at the end of the game yep. that Iowa ended up beating them, so... But I mean, like I said, Iowa manhandled. I mean, it, that score wasn't even as close as it looked. So I don't think that we we talked up uh, Brock Purdy and Tanner. Our friend Tanner told us that hey, he's he his people are way overvaluating him. Well, you watch him. Tanner might be right. Yep. He, may, he may not be as good as what we think he is. Um, Oklahoma, of course, played a nobody, but they did what they're they, supposed yep, to do. There you go. So. Yep. Um, 76 to nothing. That and spread was, well, if you can take that 50. spread, it was 51, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and yep. the, the team that Oklahoma played the week before Tulane comes out and scores uh, 70 themselves. Yep. I think they scored 69. But um, I would not be surprised at the end of the year if Tulane is not a decent football team. Yep. No, I mean, uh, they're uh, they're scoring points for sure. So so we didn't talk since then. That We were about a play away from losing uh, – Yep. Opening season, game yep. of the season. No, it was, uh, like I said, you know, outside of the OU game, and, and obviously, like you said, they won. Um, 
week one looked pretty good for the Big 12. But then week two, uh, not not quite Late the same. <laughs> and then we open up. Uh, some of the teams open up next week in conference. Isn't there a first conference game next week? I don't know. Week? I'd have uh, to look. I know K-State's playing Nevada. I thought Texas so. went to TCU or Texas. I, I know this. Texas plays like four straight Southwest Conference teams. So maybe they're not – maybe it's not um, – maybe they play Rice next week. I think they do. Oh. And uh, our, our transfer quarterback, Go if you'll follow your transfer kids – I don't know how many kids K-State lost to the transfer portal, but if you go watch any of them and yep. see um, the kind of numbers they can put up, the kid at uh, Tanner Mordecai that was good, would have been our backup right. quarterback starter SMU at SMU. Yeah. yeah, set school records in the first two weeks, passing like seven yeah. touchdowns last week. Yesterday they beat North Texas by 25 or something like that, and uh, he lit it up again for about 400 yards passing. Yep. So you yep. go, I saw that. I, I like Spencer Rattler as a quarterback. But how many times do you do you hit a home run? We took yeah. Baker as a transfer. Right. Took Kyler Murray as a transfer. Took Jalen Hurts as a transfer. Then we let a kid get away, and you think, man, what if we let the wrong one get away? Yep. You never know. Yep. No, but, you don't. So, Well, the other thing, the other big news uh, since two weeks ago is uh, we obviously uh, on that football podcast talked a lot about the Big 12 and – and the situation with OU and Texas leaving. So, sounds like, at least for the time being, the Big 12 is going to stay intact. Co- in yeah, um, I think it's good news. So, I, I like the schools. I'm, I'm excited about – I don't know if I'm excited about going to Houston. But the other three, I've I've never been to football games there. So, um, I'm excited to, uh, to get to go. So, if you haven't heard, BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati, and Houston all got invites and got accepted into the Big 12. Yeah, I'll tell you, Cincinnati's not messing around. So they took the field yesterday for their football game. Yeah. And the guy out in front of the of the players with the big flag had a Cincinnati logo and a Big Twelve logo on it. Oh, he's already right. Yeah, into they're not it. they're right. not uh, messing around there in Cincinnati. They're ready to so. get into a Power Five conference because Cincinnati has been a pretty good football team yep. for several years now. Yeah. Um, another another uh, thing. Did you watch ESPN Game Day at all yesterday? I did not. Whether they it was Iowa Iowa State games where the game day was, but they kept going over to Arkansas as well and showing some things in Arkansas. Nine signs out of ten, even at the Iowa State Iowa game, was blasting OU in Texas. Yeah. Said biggest traders in the world and had a list of the biggest traders ever. <laughs> the first name was Benedict Arnold. Then it said Texas, Oklahoma, and uh, Judas Iscariot, top four traders of all time. And they had that at both games. Uh, I don't know if that was something that somebody put together. That was they had it over at the Arkansas game, which I don't think Arkansas people have any business yapping about somebody coming to the Big Twelve. But anyway, they they were. But it was it was interesting to me that in an Iowa Iowa State game, it was blast OU Texas. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's going to be a hostile environment. Yep. I think it'll be interesting because um, they're talking about these teams joining in twenty twenty three. But as of right now, OU and Texas aren't leaving until. 24 or 25. Okay, 25. So you got but I two bet years they're out. Oh, yeah, they're not going to. Yeah. I bet they're so, out sooner than that. I think at this point, I mean, it's easy to say that the Big 12 should just hold them and say, you owe us this much money, right? right. That's what's in the contract. But I think in reality, I don't think they're going to pay that. I think there's going to be a negotiation process. OU and Texas are going to want to leave early, and the Big 12 is, is going to want to move on with the well, teams they've the got. Well, that's the thing. So, I think they'll be ready to say, yep. we'll get on out of here. So, yep. Pay us a, a big chunk of money. It won't be the full amount and leave, and, and we'll call it good. So I'll tell you what, one of the interesting things, you know Arkansas plays big people every year that should be big big teams. Largest 
crowd in Arkansas history yesterday. Wow. Because they're playing well, Texas. And, and so, I, we were talking about that game. I don't remember if it was you or Tanner I was talking to, but I mean, it's that that's their, in my opinion, this year, that was their Super Bowl. I think if is. you yep. win that game, you've got a lot of momentum going into conference play. If you lose that game, um, I mean, that's a game they had, they've had circled that it's yep. going to take the, the wind out of the Well, sail, then they so. look around in their side of the conference, and other than Texas A&M, they can beat Missouri. They can beat LSU this year. LSU's embarrassingly bad. Yep. Uh, I don't know how that happens. How is Ed Orgeron that great yeah. of a – and it's just like he's lost it. They don't yeah. even look like they want to play. Yep. Well, I, you can lose kids pretty fast, I uh, guess. Yep. Wrong, I don't know. Well, Maybe I'm, he lost I'm happy. I'm happy they moved so fast on this. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's – because in my opinion, if uh, – Talked to people at KU in the know. They were talking to the Big Ten and were certain that they were going to the Big Ten. Right. Uh, West Virginia was the one that scared me and going to the ACC because they're out there kind of on an island. But now this. they've got UCF oh, and yeah. Cincinnati yeah. out in their yeah. neck of the world. But I, I think if one of those two teams leaves, or any team, whether it would be Oklahoma yep. State, then I think the Big 12 falls apart at that point. So I'm glad they moved and did this quickly. I am but. Too. Uh, now I think it's time we start looking for a replacement for Bowlesby. And, and I'm guessing I would be willing to bet money that if that happens in the near future, Oliver Luck's going to be the... He's about 70 years old now, and his contract ends at the same time. His contract's through the same year that the TV contract's right. through. So maybe if the OU Texas leaves, maybe there's some negotiation there that you take him with you. Right. He has to be rid of Yeah, him. yep. So the other thing that was interesting, I was, you know... Going back to that, the, the the new Big 12, though, you were, we were talking about this earlier, but, uh, you know, I think with the teams that they added, I think from a football perspective, I think that's still – I think they're still number three. I mean, the the uh, the Big 10 and SEC are obviously above us, yeah. but I still think it's a better football conference in the ACC and the Pac-12 top to bottom. I mean, you had – you Maybe just added – Maybe top to bottom. Pac-12 – do you remember years ago – now this would have been long many years ago, but when USC was just on a roll – and Oregon was yep. on a pretty good. Oh run. yeah, there were times that that you think, well, there must be so much talent out on the yep. on the West Coast that we're never going to get back. Yep. And it's the tide turned. Washington was good back yeah, then. I really mean, bunch of Arizona teams. and Arizona State both had some years where they yep. had some pretty good teams. Yeah, I mean, right now it's Oregon. I mean, yep. Washington just got it handed to him by Michigan, which and Michigan USC. is the middle of the pack team, probably in the Big Ten. So USC got hammered US, by yeah. Stanford, who um, this is sort of a shocker for me. Yep, that was one of the shocking games yesterday. My two biggest shockers of yesterday. I wasn't shocked Oklahoma State Tulsa because that is Tulsa's number one game. Mm -hmm. If you remember back a year or two ago, they played the hell out of Oklahoma yep. too. Yeah, I mean it's their game of their year. And so uh, it's like Wichita State getting to play KU in basketball when they were good. They right. want they they're going right. to get up for. But it. it's that situation. It's interesting that I, I know you want to try to have those rivalry or those in-state games if you can. And I'm I'm not opposed to K-State playing Wichita State in basketball. And I know I think we've we're yep. got that coming up on the schedule. But the thing is, in those scenarios like Oklahoma State playing Tulsa, Oklahoma State has nothing to play for nope. there. If they win, well, yeah, you're supposed to win. You're supposed yep. to beat Tulsa. But that underdog team that comes in there with nothing to lose, I mean, they yep. lose, yeah, we're supposed they're to tough. lose to that team. But, <laughs> I mean, they're going to throw it all out there. So, well, what did you think about week one, about KU, few hundred fans rushing the field after beating an FCS Wasn't that exciting? Team? And there goes their <laughs> one-game win streak. I guess yep. it can't be a streak unless it gets to three. So, they still haven't had a streak in 
what, how many, five years now? Haven't had a streak in five years? Yeah, well, it's, uh, I mean, they've shown some signs of life compared to what I've seen the last couple of years. So. I kind of like their quarterback. So we'll we'll see how their season goes. Um, yeah. I think uh, Bean is that his name? Bean. Yeah. He's, I, I think he's not bad. Yep. Is, is see? I think he's the one. That, did he come from Buffalo? I think he was one of the transfers that followed. I didn't like the way he wore his coach, uniform. So. Did you have to notice? I didn't notice that above his knees. Oh, All I did not up. notice that. I didn't like that. Well, don't show your knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, we wanted to uh, – we're going to jump into something else here. Um, we've been talking about um, doing this for a little while. Um, as, as you know, Phil and I both like to uh, to eat and travel. Um, we talked about having kind of a food restaurant podcast. We've Sometimes sports and other things have taken over. But we're going to talk a little bit about some things um, that we like, that we dislike – just going to kind of ramble on here for a little bit about food since it's been a while since we've done a food and, and podcast. And maybe even a little bit of if you were to open, what would you do? Absolutely. That kind of thing. Um, and I'm sure guys that have that own restaurants right now are going to say, what in the world do you know? Yep. Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you what I think I know. <laughs> He's going to tell you what I think knows. I literally grew up. You did. You've grown up in the restaurant business. My entire, my uncle owned restaurants in Arkansas. My dad bought uh, owned a restaurant from about the time I was ten ish, eight, nine, something like that, until I was past college age. I was twenty five whenever they sold it. So I grew up my whole life in restaurants, and I know what people liked and what people didn't like to a point. Would you? We weren't a chain. We were a family. Heath's restaurant. Would you it consider called. it to be a successful restaurant? Did you know um, we were poor just like everybody else in our town, so we weren't any better off owning it than the next guy, but it did make a living. I have, I have four, four, uh, three brothers, so there's four of us that put all four of us, you know, food on the table for us, so, yep. so to say. So it would not have been a moneymaker. I, I actually believe that you need to own – multiple chains or a high end to make money mm-hmm. in a, I mean, make big money. Yep. You're going to have to own more than one. One's not going to, one family restaurant in a small town is not going to make it. Um, yep. but yeah, but 17 years, I'd say you're yeah, successful because yep, most small a, businesses don't last that yep, long. 17 years. I mean, rip rip didn't even last three in Salina. No. So. And, and I'm going to get to that too, about, about some of these restaurants in Salina. But my, my thought behind this was, uh, I am. I like to. One of my favorite chefs is a celebrity chef is Bobby Flay. Yeah, and he does a lot of podcasts and stuff that I listen to. Um, him and his daughter actually do one, and they discussed kind of this topic from a restaurant standpoint. Obviously, he knows what he's doing when it comes to restaurant. Yep. Um, there's some things he said I agree with. There's some things that I think I wouldn't agree with, but I, I say that as in I don't know more than Bo- Bobby Flay does. I say that as in. Obviously, Bobby Flay's not going to open a restaurant in Salina. So, as I talk about some of this stuff right. and some of his thoughts that he has, he's going to be more of a high end correct restaurant. Correct. Yeah. So, but it, it makes you think about some things, and, and I'll kind of give you an example of what I'm talking about because he talks about lighting when he opens a restaurant. And he spends six figures on lighting. <laughs> I know that somebody opening a restaurant in Salina, Kansas, isn't going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on lighting. I get that, but there's some interesting, there's some interesting uh, 
things that he talks about when he talks about the lighting and what it contributes to a restaurant. And we can get into that, but it's that kind of thing um, that to me is really interesting. Um, he talks a lot about some of his concepts and, and ideas and things like that. So I'd like to, to, we'll get into that as we go. I'm just saying, I'm going to make some comments in regards to Bobby Flay restaurants and what he does. I know they're not going to translate to a right. restaurant in Salina, but it makes but you think. But let's try to think of this way. Just start with your lighting. Where in Salina have you went in a restaurant that you thought the lighting, and I'm assuming that he's thinking softer lights, um, not big bright thing like you'd walk in and you have at McDonald's or somewhere like that. That's but it's more more of soft lighting. Well, I, I think it I think it goes into the atmosphere. I mean, if I think about the three things or maybe four things that I I look for in a restaurant, I mean, number one, obviously, I want the food to be good. Yeah. I, I, number that's what you're going there for, right? So, number two and number three, I kind of put together as as far as like service, and we can break down each one of these, uh-huh. but an atmosphere. Because I think the service does contribute to that, but I want it. It needs to be a place you would want to go again. And and to your point with the lighting, I think the lighting absolutely affects that. I mean, yeah. I, I think that that you don't want to go in there and just have cheap uh, fluorescent bulbs. You know, yeah. that kind of fake white light. Well, look, even right here in Salina, like the downtown at the um, is it Barillo? Barillo, yeah. Barillo. Uh, the lighting in there is yes. pretty nice. I, I think I um, think from a decor standpoint, and that whole atmosphere. Yeah, they did I, I really job. like Barolo. I think Barolo and Yaya's are the two, f- from my standpoint, and and I think Martinelli's to an extent. I, yep. I kind of like the decor. Well, you in know, there. he's getting a complete so, remodel. I see so that. I'm, I'm, I'm interested excited for in that. Seeing, yeah. Uh, right now that he's Tony's uh, doing catering out of his house, so <laughs> he's uh, I guess the everything's shut down. So I'm excited to see little uh, Martinelli's get. Um, yeah. Get a facelift. It's, yep. it's, he's been there for twenty years, I think, and uh, it's probably due. Yep. You know, but I do like. I, I do think a restaurant needs to have a, a buzz, and then and, and what I mean by that, I don't want it to be like really loud, so you can't talk. Like the scheme. Yep. When he starts turning up the music at the end of the night, and you can't even talk to somebody, right. and he's trying to kick your ass out. Like that annoys me. But uh, you know, Bobby Bobby Flay made that comment that he likes to have a buzz in his restaurant. There's got to. You want it to be full. You want it to have that kind of buzz with everybody talking, having a good time, and and you want them to stick around a little bit. I mean, I know that you know you're making money on those tables turning and getting somebody out and coming back in, but you can also make some money on some drinks and stuff right. if you have that atmosphere for people to just kind of sit around and chill out and have a good time. So, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I I think I really like Barolo Grill and and the atmosphere with the decor and lighting and everything. I do think they put some thought and effort into it. They did. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I, I just want to be, I don't know if this is the right word, term, but kind of transported to a place I I wasn't just at two steps ago when I walked right. in the door. So, yeah, and that's one place in town. Just, but you know, there's a funny thing we I, I might have talked about this on a podcast. We were in Boston a few uh, months or so ago, and um, we went and ate at a place called Stillwater. Did I tell you that story? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, here she is, this lady from Stillwater, Oklahoma, opens it. She'd won a cooking show, and I, if I, I might have told this story before, but in Boston, she's cooking Tom's apple tree type food right, right. on a fancy plate. I mean, she had chicken fries and uh, biscuits and gravy and things like that that most places in Boston don't have, and it's like one of the most highest-rated restaurants. Mm-hmm. Now, it was clean, pretty sharp. Um, it's right down in the Little Italy part of uh, Boston, but... 
But um, you can transport these Oklahoma things, Kansas restaurants, right. the southern restaurants, transport them up north, and they think they've got right. something special. Yeah, because there's not many of yeah, them there. Not very many of so, them. So your family restaurant, what what did you guys do? I mean, what was the food? Was it kind of a diner type it of scenario? It was a diner except for we had a buffet, um, buffet and big salad bar. Um, breakfast, this course, was, I think, our busiest meal right. every, uh, every day. We got tons of uh, breakfast people. Um, and we did Friday night cat, all-you-can-eat catfish, big Sunday buffet after, after church people, you know. Yep. And, uh, but basically a menu. And I always, ever, since the first time I ate at the old Tom's Apple Tree, it reminded me of my old restaurant. Yep. Uh, other than the fact that we had a buffet and a salad bar in ours. And but, chicken fried steak. But the same kind <laughs> of same kind of uh, food. Yeah. We were in a small town, but on a major highway, so it was sort of a truck stop. Even lots of truckers stopped in there because it's on the highway. Um, it was the only restaurant in our little town that serviced us. But we were so far out in the country, we actually serviced probably about a twenty mile circle around us. So uh, it it stayed relatively busy for a small rep town restaurant and we had regular customers of course that's you know my, now now me going in you gave your top four things you like i have one walking in the door of course food is always going to be yep. key but one of the first things and i know this is hard for some places is just to be greeted when you walk in like that they want you there you know me, me and lisa have left a couple of places went in one time and looked around and nobody I mean, yeah. just basically they act like they don't even want you there. And we've never went back. And I was, right. and we've said before, and we were talking about, we we're going to talk about this on the podcast. There's a couple of places at the lake that we go to that we have gone to and went in one time and never returned because the one time was a bad experience. And right. I think that's probably an unfair in some ways. But, boy, I'll tell you that, that uh, customer service up front is deadly important in a restaurant to yep. me. And cleanliness. Man, I tell you. My dad dro drove us on this. He could not stand the, uh, you know, if you have a dirty bathroom, yep. you probably got a dirty kitchen, too, yep. and you probably got a, you know. And so there's a, I don't know if I can tell any place here in Salina, but I, I can think of a couple places off the top of my head, and you can go in, and it's filthy. Oh, yeah. No, that I, I, I can't stand that. That's my number one pet peeve when I walk into a restaurant. Like, we've all been there when you're walking, and your foot, like, sticks on the floor yeah. like you're afraid you're gonna walk out of your shoes or or you sit down and what what's interesting is you know some of those some of those restaurants where they kind of have the overhead light over a booth and if you're not careful you might bump your head or right. accidentally knock it and then you see the dust fly all over the place <laughs> and it's raining dust on you for uh, the next hour while you're sitting there i you just say, absolutely I hate that trip through the kitchen please it's, it's inexcusable to go to a restaurant and have filthy restrooms yeah um but yeah boy I, can t I could take you to a couple places right now that that's the way they yep. are yeah no i i agree i i that was my number five and that was just kind of my ocd piece um and and i kind of summed it up as attention to detail because yep i think those things matter i think when you're looking at you know if i'm going into mcdonald's i know it's probably gonna look like shit like that's the way it's going to be i understand that but if i'm going to have a nice meal and dine and i'm going to spend a hundred dollars I, I i would like it to be somewhat clean <laughs> somewhat when i clean. i don't stick to the booth when i when i sit down on it and i'm afraid that uh 
my shorts are going to come off when I try to get up because they're not they're not going to unstick. So, well, I feel sorry for restaurateurs themselves right now for the lack of the lack of people looking yeah. for work. You yeah, know, and uh, how shorthanded they can be, and where us, me, and you are going to be demanding customers if we're going to spend that kind of money, and it's very hard to find good waitresses. Yeah, so when you when I find a good one, I'm always thinking. You tip the hell out of her because you yep. won't lose her if I come back. That's who I want waiting on me the next time. Well, it's interesting. You talk. Let's let's talk about service for a second since we're on that subject. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I think Martinelli service is is very good in this yep. town. Uh, obviously, those people are trained, right? right? I mean, they're showing what to do. Uh, Yaya's the service. Uh, I've I've had shaky service at the bar the last couple times I've been there, which is usually the opposite. But, uh, I mean, overall, their service is excellent. I, I can't complain about what we get there. Um, there's some other restaurants in town. Um, I was just at one for lunch the other day, and, and uh, we had a drink spilled. We had some dishes dropped a couple of times. Like, it happens. Mm-hmm. Mistakes happen once in a while. But it's like, obviously, this person is is not been trained. I'm sure she was probably new. And to your point, I try, if I do have bad service or a bad experience, if it's something that I think could be corrected, I'll give it another try. I, I won't do one. I, it was horrible, but you, you never know what that person's going through that day. Maybe yep. something happened. But if I go back and I get the same thing, then that's now I know that's a problem. Yep. And I will tell you this. I, I think that outside of a handful of restaurants in, this, in town, to your point, well, I, was, I was just at Old Chicago today. I'll just, I had lunch with my little brother, old Chicago. That's where I was when we were talking about doing this. We were one of two tables in that bar or in that whole restaurant. Waited 45 minutes almost for five boneless hot wings and a chicken sandwich. (laughs) Um, Obviously, our waiter is new. Um, He has not waited tables before. It was very evident of that. But I mean, even the food is was not good. And I'm I've said this before. Every old Chicago I've been to, I've really enjoyed. Except for the one here in Salina. Yep. Rib crib, you mentioned that from the start. You go down to Oklahoma, their rib cribs are excellent. I, I have a funny story that my friends from McPherson, um, they all went down on a float trip on the Illinois and so they came back through Tulsa and he said that to a T, every one of them said, let's go eat at Rib Crib. And I go, well, how come you didn't say that when it was in Salina? And they go, it wasn't the same. <laughs> it no, was not, it's not the same. Yeah. It's, uh, um, because if it was, had have been ran the right way, that just comes down to probably also training. Yeah. The um, Whoever opened this one up, which I don't know if they're franchised. I suppose they're franchised. Yeah. Um, the guy had to have came here with every intention of making it. So you think to yourself, is it him or was it our town? Was it the... The competition in ribs in Salina, uh, I don't think it's that. Well, you know, one of the one of the things that's interesting to me, um, and and I would one hundred percent agree with that. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's not just that. Like, I'll tell you this. I I mean, I'll, I'm going to throw some places under the bus here, probably. But Longhorns, I'm not a fan of the Longhorns. Here, I've had some very bad food and bad experiences here. I go to the one in Topeka. When I used to travel to Topeka for yep. work, I had a customer that always wanted to meet there. Excellent. Every single time I went there. Excellent food, excellent service. So I, it's just it's a lot of the same people that just kind of go from restaurant to restaurant. And yep. if they never get trained and never know what they're doing, it's not going to get better. So Service it, is the key in Salina, I think. I think it's, it's I just th- we've, we've got a yep. lack of 
And it comes down to everything. I mean, I've got a lack of people in my employment service. You know, I can't, right. we can't find people. Restaurants are just as bad off as the, I mean, you go into any manufacturing place in Salina today and they're 100 people short. The restaurants in this town have to be the same way. Right. That's why when you go down to Fuego on Main, Garrick Redeker's at, he's there all the time. You know right. why? He probably, I mean, he enjoys it. And he's actually super friendly when you come in. I like him for the atmosphere of his place. I mean, it's really just for me, drinks. I don't really going to eat too much there. Although they do have fresh pork rinds, homemade pork rinds. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, homemade pork rinds, which are pretty darn good. Um, But for him, it's just I'll keep going back because he's so nice when you go in. Yep. It makes a big difference to me if somebody treats you the right way. So So what does keep you going back? So you say you want it to be clean. I mean, if, if you were to rate three things that would keep you going back to a restaurant, what would those be? If I was a regular, and I'm going to tell you, there's a place called Mooney's. Yeah, it's just a 21 and over bar, but it's a bar with food on the water in, in Salina. I mean, in uh, on Grand Lake. Yeah. Um, I will continue to go back because now when I go in, they remember me. Right. They remember what I drink. They remember, you know, you want mustard on your cheeseburger. The food's always good, but... Just the the thought of uh, someone appreciating the fact that you're there and remembering you, yep. that's a big deal to me. Now, yep. of course, they're not going to know me if I walk in in New York City. Right. right. But if I'm a regular customer here in Salina, I'd like to walk in and act like you've been here before. Yep. Thanks for, hey, good to see you again. That's In our restaurant, my dad knew everybody's name in, for four counties. Right. He's out there saying, hey, thanks for coming in. Thanks yep. for coming in, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, that's the way it was. And... Uh, Making people feel feel special goes yeah. a long ways, even when the service. I mean, let's not say service. You might get your food cooked the wrong way. You're right. over too well done on your steak. They're not going to be so mad at you if you're right. Yeah, not not everybody's on the top of their game every night. I mean, that that's for sure. So here's one of those Bobby Flay things that I talk about. This was really interesting to me when he mentioned this um, on on one of these one of his podcasts, but. Uh, uh, when he opened Gatto in New York City, so it was, I mean, Mesa Grill was the big one that he had, but it was a, the next one that he opened. And ever since he opened Gatto, when he opens restaurants, he asks his managers to go out onto the sidewalk and hand out business cards to people. And when local people walk in, hand their business cards to them. And and again, he's a celebrity chef, so I understand it's a little bit different. But he does that because he knows there's going to be people going to his restaurant because of his fame on TV, right? right. If you go to New York City, hey, I want to go to one of Bobby Flay's restaurants. He's, He's not, not going to have a 30-year career or a 30-year restaurant with that. He wants the local people to feel like this is a local neighborhood restaurant. Right. And he wants them to feel like at 7 o'clock on a Thursday night, if they decide they want to go to Gato that they don't tell themselves, we can't get in because it's a Bobby Flay restaurant. You can call the manager and get a table. You might have to have a drink first, but he wants them to feel like they can come in and get a table because that's how that restaurant's going to be there for 30 years is those neighborhood people that come back on a regular basis, not the people that are in New York City visiting and come by one time. That's right. So I thought it was really interesting um, because he could, I mean, he could survive off of his television fame for sure for years, but not, you know, have a what he considers a successful restaurant for a long period of time. Well, you're so. talking about hundred thousand dollars in lighting. He's going to have to be around a few years to make some of that money back because that's not a it's not an instant cash machine running a restaurant. 
No, it is. But, you know, I'm going to one other thing with Bobby Flay, when you bring that up that he mentioned as well. And and when they open restaurants in Salina, this is different. So when they do Salina, the thing is here is they have what they call a soft opening or a couple soft openings where they just invite some friends and stuff to it. Yeah. You know, going into it, the experience probably isn't going to be great. They just open. They're trying to work the kinks out. You're going to wait. Like, if you go to a soft opening here and you complain about the service or the food, then you're... You didn't know what you got invited right, to. Right, right. But with that said, one of the things that Bobby Flay said was when he opens a restaurant, and he said he fights with his business manager all the time on this, when he opens a new restaurant, the first night, they only serve 30 people. That's it. If we don't do 30 people well tomorrow night, we're going to do another 30 people. And we're going to do that until we nail that service for 30 people. Then I'm going to go up to 40 people for the next <laughs> night. And if we don't nail that, we're going back to 30. He's like, why do you care about how much money you make in the first month or two of the restaurant yep. when you're trying to get a restaurant that's going to be here for 20 plus years? So it's interesting. He goes, we work up to the point where then once we're a well-oiled machine and we can do it for the restaurant, let's open it up. Because this business manager's like, we got to get people in here. We want people make. We want to be making money. Let's fill this place up night one. Yep. But to your point, you screw it up. A lot of those people aren't coming back. Right. So, so I I love that. Concept. I, I still think of this little. Uh, there's two places, and I, I'm going to just talk about out of town places so I don't blast anybody here in town. But, <laughs> um, there's two places at the lake that one we walked into a Mexican food place, and when we walked in. The lady immediately says, "We're short, not short staffed." This is before the short staff things hit. Yeah, we're swamped. Is what she says like that. We're swamped. You may, I'm really rude. Like you, you may be thirty minutes, forty five minutes, and, right. and just turn around and walk away from us. And I go, "Well, let's just go somewhere else." For some, we just have, we don't go back. The other one in town is the dirtiness. We never go back. Right. And, and it's also a Mexican place, but it's so well, dirty. Yeah, that and it tends to be Mexican with this comment about, make, don't hand me a menu that's covered in shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. wipe the menu off before you hand it to somebody. Don't new. make <laughs> me use a QR code from oh. my phone to get the menu. Uh, when I know you've got a menu in the back. I, I've actually been told, no, you can just get it on your phone to get a menu, you know? Yeah. I don't want to read a menu on, a, on my telephone. Maybe you don't care, but I'm... I'm still not as technical as a lot of other people. I don't want a QR code. My man, you get in bigger cities, it's almost all that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll just say, well, just give me the chef's special then, because I am not reading through my phone for thirty minutes. Have you been in a lot of places that makes you just yeah, use? Yeah, the- it, it, it was a lot. Obviously, during COVID, it's some of those places are coming back with menus, and you have either option. Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll use a place we used to go to very often, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yep. I mean, that place has gone downhill like you wouldn't believe. I haven't believe. Heard, had a person say a good thing about them in six months, and it, we used to really enjoy it. it yep, we it's used to go there all the time. Downhill. And it's it's uh, interesting. And that was the first one. That was the first one I went to in town where they had the QR code. That's what made me think of it. But, uh, I mean, the, the thing that drives me crazy now that Buffalo Wild Wings are, is doing, and there's other places in town that do this as well, and it drives me crazy. If you've got, I get if it's a huge party or something like that, you can kind of bring food out, but don't just bring food out when it's ready. So Buffalo Wild Wings has this new concept that they bring your food out when it's ready, 
because they don't want it to get cold. Even if the other so, seven people at your plate haven't. So the last few times we've been there, it's like me and Kelly and Morgan. Yep. And Kelly gets her meal, and I sit there and watch her eat. Like literally sit there the entire time watching yep. her eat her meal. And then she's done, and then mine comes, and then she sits there and watches me eat. Like literally, Buffalo Wild Wings. Your everything you have on your menu, you're dropping into a deep fat fryer. Like I feel like you could time this yep. to where they're pretty close. I mean, it's, I appreciate it, them not it wanting is, it to get cold, well, but time one of it the better. That has turned us off to it too. Six of us, and I think three of us ate. Then two more after we about done got it, and Lisa got her food. Like after all five of us were completely through yeah. eating. The other thing that, in not just blast Buffalo Wild Wings, but it's been this experience every time we've gone in there. The beer's hot every time, uh, or skunky. If you even get it, half the time they don't even have. I mean, yep. I know the last few times I've been there with Jimmy, they didn't have Miller Lite. Yep. I'm like, how do you not have Miller well, Lite? Not have that's uh, yeah, they've they've uh, and they that's unfortunate because they they used to be one of our places to that's, go to, we, but it's we used to go there at least once a week. Yep, yep, have every, some beers and every Thursday and, night yep. I think we went there. And uh, now, I mean, I go there. I once every in, few months, probably, yep. and I was. Uh, and once I'm hoping a week. it'll come back. Now, I'll tell you another thing. They did in there that just drives me nuts. Do you remember when we used to go in there and the if they like say KU was playing or K State's playing, that game would be on playing or right. whatever, and not this huge rock and roll or rap right. music or whatever they're playing in there. But they, I was in there last last time I was in there. There was blasting the music so loud that we couldn't even talk to each other. Nothing to do with sports whatsoever. Isn't Buffalo Wild Wings a sports bar? Yep. They have a lot of TVs with sports on it. So. And But they're blasting crazy music the whole time you're in there. And I said, I, I can't do this. I'm, yeah. I'm out. And I, I don't know how this works as far as for bars and restaurants. I know it's more than $5 a month that I pay. But I really got frustrated the last couple of years. With, so the Big 12 has gone to the ESPN Plus streaming. They're yeah. trying to get as many games as they can on there. So that they sell the streaming service and and you have to watch the games on that. And each year, every team has a big game or two usually on there um, because they want those people to subscribe at that time to watch those games. You are in the middle of the Midwest, the middle of the Big 12 Conference. You know they're streaming all of those games. How do you not have a subscription to ESPN Plus? Multiple times, I called a couple years ago because I didn't have it at home right. to see if they had had paid for that and we could go there and watch the game. And we're told yes, they'd have the game on there, only to get there and find out that oh no, we don't subscribe to ESPN Plus. And I've seen people come from out of town that stopped in because they wanted to watch a game. K State being one of them that I've seen, and the people get frustrated because they don't have the K State game on there yep. in the middle of Kansas. In the middle of Kansas. Now that's 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 just a poor. But you can go right over to one of Rusty's places, and it usually does have it. Right. He 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 plays a little bit of everything and knows what the the uh, community wants to watch, I guess, or at least his managers know. Um, even up at Great Life, we get frustrated sometimes because every Tuesday night we go to watch. Can't see rules for baseball, baseball, you know. Yep. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, you got to say, "How come there's no rules? We got seven yeah. TVs going, no rules game on yep. any TV. You got the Food Network or whatever. I don't know what else might be on, but I'll always think, man, common sense would tell you have that sucker on. That's what your fan base is here to watch. So, Marjorie, if you're listening, no, start I'm putting not the Royals game on Tuesday job, nights. They're just one of many places that. Um, Maybe sometimes forgets 
hey, that's what your people that are sitting out there drinking are wanting to watch. Yeah, right. no question right. to it. So there's um, well, the one other thing I was going to mention before we move on from the whole restaurant discussion here, and this is a thing that drives me absolutely crazy. And you mentioned about having somebody at the door to greet people and make them feel like they're welcome and that you're happy that they're there. Yep. Blue Sky, to me, I, I like the environment. I, I think it's a cool little restaurant. I'm not a fan of their beers, but a lot of people do like the microbrew stuff, and I think they've got a, a situation going there. that, And I'm sure they're making money. Obviously, they've stayed open. I hate that they don't have a hostess. And so they have the big tables. How many times have I been there eating and I'm about done on a busy Friday or Saturday night and there's literally people standing around my table behind me so close I can feel them breathing on my neck yeah. waiting for me to get up so they can grab my table as when they see you know, you've paid. And I'll always be like, yeah, I'm going to have one more beer because like, they're literally just standing right behind you what looking at you staring at you waiting for you to get up instead of having a hostess to seat them when the next table is available i i agree we actually this and i don't have anything against them either i'm not a micro brew person or anything but i i like anytime we've been there it's been nice but we actually did walk out for that very reason just on friday night after the football game high school football yep. game we went in we didn't know where to go where to set whatever just kind of looked around and the waitresses just kind of looked at us and and I said, I, I don't really want to – I mean, the only seats that I could see was at the bar, but I think there was some in the back. But I was like, do I seat myself or do mm -hmm. I – nobody told me anything. Yep. So we walked out and went across the street and ate at Fuego. Yep. Um, just, just to your point, because we didn't have somebody greeting right. us when we walked right. in to say, hey. Right. And maybe that's another – maybe their goal was to have that, but they're probably just as shorthanded as everybody else. Yeah. But they be. never have done it yet, have No, they? it's been way before COVID. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing that. They – they, they started that way, then there for a period of time, shortly after they opened, they did have a hostess. I mean, I've literally seen people get into shoving matches by the front door over who was there first and who's yeah. getting the next table. Yeah, so. that, that takes that away if you have a hostess. Yep. Um, if you were to open a restaurant in Salina, you know what I think that Salina needs more than anything is another Tom's apple tree. <laughs> um, a breakfast place outside of the IHOP of the world. Uh, now, I know, I, and I just don't go out here. I, the the folks out on the end of Crawford uh, what, serves breakfast and everything out there by the truck stop in the 24-7 store. What's it called? Russell's. Russell's. Good Lord, how come I can't remember that? But anyway, Russell's does have a good breakfast and everything, but I just don't go out there. I wish there yep. was something. The way that Salina's grown and keeps growing south, uh, I mean, there's, I don't know if you've noticed, Jeff, there's more houses and additions being built up, yep. up on, uh, by the water tower up by our house. Uh, yep. So there's no sound how many houses are going to eventually be up there. But something on that side of town that's a like a local restaurant, local, I don't know. Yep. Even on Ohio Street, there's not really a restaurant that you can go in and sit down right. at that you think somebody could kill it if they had a. It's all fast food up and down through there, unless you get down to the north end and there's the old Pizza Hut that's a that's Mexican food right. now. But if you don't want to eat Mexican food, there's really no other yeah, options. Not, there's not many options uh, on the south side here, and it's no. I mean, you, Tucson's and and you know that used to be probably my favorite place in town, and that's kind of yeah. gone downhill. But you know, the, the interesting thing to me is when you see these places in Salina that open, like half of them, the menus are like the Cheesecake Factory menus. It's like 
three ring bound. There's like yep. 97 options. Yep. I don't and like that at all. I, I mean, I, I personally, again, I'm not in the restaurant business, but I think you could have a successful restaurant with, I don't know, maybe six or seven. I mean, you have to do them well. Yep. You have to execute the dishes well, but if you can do that, you don't have to have 94 options for people to choose from. No, too many um, options. It's like yep. you're saying the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Uh, you, you'll go in and it's, you read a whole book and you'll think, how in the world does they have that much storage yeah. space in the I back? I can't imagine how much food they food. throw out to be to. prepared to, 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 to make that much food. But, uh, well, let me ask you this question because we're, we're getting a little long here. Not too much time left. Um, if you were to pick a dish or a meal or two that you've had at a restaurant that was just unbelievable, maybe even life-changing for you. Could you think of what that might be? I still remember one as a kid that I still look back at and think, if I could go back there and eat again, and it's a silly thing, but it's a place called Bob's Barbecue in Ada, Oklahoma. Um, their barbecue was the most unbelievable barbecue ribs that you ever ate. And the brown beans and French fries, the way they made their hand-cut French fries, the thin hand-cut French fries, that doesn't sound like a fancy meal, but literally to this day, I can remember standing in line. You had to stand in line to get into Bob's. Yep. So they had an outdoor setting area. And uh, it's he died, I guess, and is no longer in business. But I'll, I'll think back to that. If I ever had my favorite meal that I could go to, I think I would go back to Bob's Barbecue when I was 20 years old because <laughs> it was so incredible. Um I'm telling you something, a, another a meal for me that I love, and we don't eat many breakfasts at home. If we do, it's just something quick. But if I can go to a great breakfast place, there's a lot of things on the, a, a, a great omelet, you know, mm. omelet with biscuits Mine's and gravy. biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Yeah. I, good good biscuits and gravy. gravy. Yeah. Uh, you know, for fast food or whatever, Brahms makes the best biscuits and gravy I, that I I'll, get. I'll tell you, my two favorite biscuits and gravy in town are Brahms and McDonald's. Yeah. I, I think, think Brahms, they're both very Brahms good. Brahms gravy is great because yep. they mix in the sausage with it and everything. Yep. Um, I actually told Lisa to get me some this morning, and she said the line was so long I didn't get. I didn't <laughs> stay. <laughs> so, yeah, if I, w- I was thinking about this as I was preparing for the podcast, and I had a couple of them, but uh, I have to go back to one specifically. And this restaurant does still exist. I looked it up just to see. I, I couldn't remember the name of it. I, I knew where it was, and so I went, and it's still there. I looked at the pictures, and it is the same restaurant. And I'll tell you why I looked at the pictures, why I know that. But it's a place in Sonoma, California called Della Santina's Trattoria. It was, it's an Italian restaurant right off the, the main square there in the middle of Sonoma, um, we were looking for some Italian and, and to have some wine one night, and we saw this place. It was close to where we were staying, so we thought we'd go check it out. Walked in the door and were a little freaked out by the fact that all of the pictures in the lobby and the sitting area there were pictures of naked babies <laughs> with, like, pasta covering them yeah. or vegetables covering them. <laughs> And Hyatt, if you listen to this, I know you're laughing right now because we are all looking at each other like, what in the hell is this place? <laughs> but that was the first time in my life I had fresh pasta. Yeah. And I've looked at the you menu. You told the difference, huh? Absolutely. I looked at the menu even, and uh, I saw what I had. It's still on the menu. It, it's just basically a, a pappardelle, a wider noodle with a duck ragu. And ever since then... 
I when I go to Italian restaurants, I try to find that same dish. And the closest I've gotten, we were just in Chicago, and I mentioned this on the podcast when we started the season. I was talking about Chicago. We went to a, a restaurant. Like I'm going to butcher the name. It's like Piccolo Sogno or something like that. Um, where I did, it was the same kind of noodle. This one was a wild boar ragu, but very, very good too. That's what interested me in fresh pasta. And now when we have pasta at my house, if we have spaghetti or something like that, quick weeknight dinner, we'll do just dried noodles. But if we have pasta at my house, it's fresh pasta Try all the time. Try to make it fresh. It okay. doesn't take long and it's delicious. Bob's Barbecue was great growing up. But there is, there is one other place that I have taken multiple of my friends to including Jimmy and, and Julie and my friends Shane and Brenda down in this area went with us one time. I take my brother and then my brother Heath. We go to Little Italy in New York City, a place called Grotta Azure. That's, you know, Little Italy is a little bit commercialized, mm-hmm. it, although it's shrinking. Uh, Chinatown's almost taken over Little Italy. All Little Italy has left is about two blocks of streets. But the Grotto Jure is the furthest north on the um, there on Mulberry Street, and it's it is uh, it's good enough that every time we go back, we at least go there one time. Uh, if we're if, even if we're staying way away from mm-hmm. from that part of town, we always go to at least one day to Grotto. And why do you go there? Did you know this is weird? You wouldn't hardly believe this is true. The guys remember us. Yep. That's one thing. Yep. It's hard to believe. Yep. That it goes back to what we were just right. talking about. But it, it, I am almost amazed. Like probably the third time I went, the guy goes, oh, my Oklahoma friend. Yep. You know, like that. And I yep. go, because of course I was probably wearing OU clothes or whatever. And, right. And, but the next time I wasn't wearing Oklahoma clothes and he goes, oh, my Oklahoma friend. Yep. And I go, my God. Now the food is awesome. I remember I almost get lasagna every time. It's like the best lasagna with meat layers and everything. That it's not like you know lasagnas sometimes have a layer of gravy meat or something and cheeses and everything. This one is real Italian sausages in mm-hmm. it inside the the, the uh, mozzarella and I'm a mozzarella guy, I guess. But uh, but I think more than anything, I will go yeah. back because that and it's all men waiters, you know. But a couple of those men remember us yep. when we go back, and we'll go, hey, Oklahoma. Yep. No, it goes back to that service, and, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that means a lot. There's no doubt about it. So, well, When you're in a city like New York City and people still remember you, mm-hmm. I've told you multiple times about a place that um, uh, is now closed. Coronavirus got them, uh, but they'd been open for 50 years. Um, that every time me and Lisa go in, they would remember us, and I'd go, how in the world now – Everybody don't talk like me in New York City, of course, so maybe that's part of it. But he literally remembered our names and everything. Every yeah. time we go in, I go, how many thousands and thousands and thousands of people have to walk in this door? Yep. He remembers us, but you know that if he's that good with us, he's that good with a ton oh, of absolutely. people. So, yep. But it makes you feel special, and you go, hey, it I'm does. going back. I'm absolutely going back every does. time. So let me ask you this question. So when you travel, do you look at reviews online? Probably not for restaurants. Okay. Not much. Uh, we more review where we're staying than we right. do the where we go eat. Um, and you probably go find finer places to eat than we do because normally on my trips I take my kids and we look at it more of like a budgeting thing than anything. We're liable to just eat at Pizza Hut mm-hmm. in somewhere just because uh, you take my kids, all six of them out to eat somewhere like that, you're yeah. $300 <laughs> bill. Yeah. Easy. So we, we, uh, Probably don't look 
as much as you know where we're staying, we probably because we always VRBO, so we yep. read all the all the uh, reviews from the VRBO places. Yep. Now I use them quite a bit every time I travel. I mean, Kelly and I have been known to even plan trips around food, but um, yeah, we we look at them quite a bit. They're interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting, and I'm I'm guilty of this too because I do review a lot of places. To you know, I'm not a food critic or anything like that. So why does why do people care about my opinion? But it does help. I mean, I I look at Yelp and you know, a new one that that Bobby Flay turned me on to that he talks about a lot is Eater Eater dot com, and they do a lot of reviews and stuff similar to Yelp. Um, what's cool for them is if you're going to a new city, like I'm going to go and skip to Cincinnati at some point to watch yeah. K-State when they play there, yep. that it'll give you like a list of like the top 10 or 15 rated places in the entire city that, hey, if you're going to be here, these are the ones you need to go try. Hopefully Skyline Chili is not number one on that list or I'm going <laughs> to throw it away. Have you ever been to Cincinnati? I have not been to Cincinnati. Did you know if I was trying to count down my 50 states that I've been to, I'm to about 44 and – Ohio is one of the states I've never been to. For some reason, there's no reason to go to yeah. Ohio for me. Yeah, I mean, I, we the, one of the reasons we wanted to go watch Baker play in uh, at Ohio State a couple of years because we go, we've never been to Ohio. We've been yep. all the way around it. Never been to Cleveland. Um, I don't even know why anybody would want to go to Cleveland. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know why anybody would want to go to Cincinnati unless you was a big Cincinnati Reds fan or something. Um, so it's, it's one of the, have you ever been in yeah. the state of Ohio? That now, you I don't know that I've ever been in the state of Ohio. Nope. No, of the bottom of the, of every one of them on that, that part of the world, I've been to every one of them except Ohio and then go across the top. I haven't gone to Wisconsin, Washington. Yeah. I haven't been on the Pacific Northwest up there. Nope. So I, we, we touched Idaho a little bit in Montana when we were obviously, when we did the Yellowstone trip two years ago, yep. but but that Seattle, uh, Washington, Oregon area, I've never been to, and I'd like to go go check it out. So, well, that's uh, fifty eight minutes. Fifty eight so right minutes. at an hour. Any any anybody hungry? You yeah, tell sorry us your about favorite, that. Tell us yep. your favorite places to eat. Go on our Facebook page, and uh, yeah. we'd like to read some comments on our Facebook about things you like, um, best meals that you might have ever had somewhere, and give some other people some ideas of places to go. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. I'm hungry now, and I just <laughs> ate at Old Chicago. So, Well, here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to um, talk to uh, Cruise Planners, um, yeah. our, our previous sponsor. Um, and uh, there, there's a lot of them on some different cruises right now, so they're out of, out of the, the uh, country and all that. But uh, I talked to Lonnie a little bit, and I think we might have them come back on here in the next uh, podcast or two and talk about some of the changes with travel, even from when we did that last yep. podcast and, and what Are they're seeing. Are people back cruising quite a bit now that you know of? I don't know the answer to that. So. I don't either. My mom's got a cruise plan for later in the year. My brother does. For Probably some pretty good prices Christmas, on yeah, Around Christmas, <laughs> I think they're going. So I'm assuming that it's they know it's going to be back open by then. Right. We'll see. Yep. No, I don't, you know, just kind of catching up on COVID and, and uh, vaccinations and what you can and can't do. And yep. I know they're still doing the, the, the COVID checks before you uh, get back to the United States. I had a friend that has a funny story about they spelled his name wrong on the COVID test and didn't match his ID. So he was having a problem getting back into the country. Oh and um, so... Yeah, there's some 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 snags there, but just kind of talking about what they're seeing out there and travel, and you know, I I think probably 
you get into the holidays, a lot of people travel and yep. and uh, get some extended breaks there with Christmas and New Year's. So we'll uh, we'll try to get them back on here pretty soon to talk about what they're seeing and where the, uh, New Orleans probably isn't a popular place right now, but see where everybody's right. going and and how they're handling it. So. We'll try to have them on here in a couple weeks. Uh, Other than that, thanks for listening, and we'll be back here in a couple weeks with Episode 4. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.